الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد أبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Very few things in this world are recyclable. Very few things in this world are recyclable. In most circumstances, if an item is damaged, then it usually is just thrown away. It's usually disposed of. In fact, we use disposable items all the time. And even those items that we think can withstand damage, over time, if they accumulate damage, even those will be thrown away. You can take the example of a car. It might get into one minor accident. But then if it gets into a second accident or a third accident, it'll eventually reach a point where the insurance company will say, this vehicle is damaged beyond repair. They won't pay for the vehicle. They'll say, they won't pay for the vehicle. They'll just say, you know what, we'll give you the money. Just go ahead and purchase another vehicle. It's not worth trying to recover this one. It's damaged well beyond repair. A computer. It can accumulate a virus and you can try to sort it out and get rid of that virus. Then it might accumulate another one and then another one and then another one and you'll put software that'll try to remove the viruses but eventually your computer will slow down to such a degree that you'll just say, you know what, forget it. I'll just replace it all together. Two or three years might go by and you'll say, this computer, damage that has occurred, it's beyond repair and you'll throw it away. A cell phone. You might drop it in water. And then you'll take it out of that water and you'll try to figure out a way to keep it dry. You might put it in one of those rice containers. I don't know what that's supposed to do. I don't think it does anything. But you'll expect that that moisture will then be removed and then maybe it'll happen again. But ultimately you'll say, you know what, this is damaged. You'll take it to the store, the cell phone store, and they'll say, you know what, there's water damage. We won't even cover this. It's time for you to get a new phone. So that phone then becomes, then becomes disposable. You'll have to throw that away as well. Your clothes. You might have one or two small tears, you might be able to repair them. But if you get one large tear, or several small tears, there won't be any point in trying to fix it. You'll just throw it away and buy a new pair. Even our bodies, our physical bodies, if damage occurs to it that's significant, then even that becomes beyond repair. A person can have a large hemispheric stroke, for instance. And then because of that stroke, their brain will begin to swell. And that when that brain begins to swell, then eventually it will herniate. 
And that person will lose much of their neurological function, their brainstem function. And you'll plead, you'll plead with the physicians and say, isn't there anything that can be done? Can't the damage be reversed? Can't we do something? Can't we do something? Can't we transplant something? Can't we give some medication? Can't we reverse the process that had occurred? And they'll say, I'm sorry, there's nothing that can be done. This was a large stroke. The damage that has, been, that has occurred is beyond repair. And then that family member, that loved one, is then disposed of. This principle applies to nearly everything in this world. But there's one item, or there's one thing, that when damaged, can always be repaired. And that is the soul. That is the soul. We've tarnished our souls for years and years and years. Years and years we've transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have neglected the advice and the instruction of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And over time we've accumulated these black spots over our heart. One sin, and then the next sin, and then one transgression, and then the next transgression, and eventually our hearts have become solid, black. And if it was any, if it was like anything else in this world, if it was like your car, if it was like your cell phone, if it was like your clothes, then you just throw it away. Or it would just be thrown away, it would be disposed of, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would remove it, and that'll be the end. But that rule doesn't apply to the soul. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is so vast and it's so expansive that if a person has damaged their soul to an extent that in other spheres would be considered beyond repair, they're able to have it restored and resuscitated. A person might be brain dead and they won't be able to bring that back. But if that soul is dead, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is such that it can be revived again. It can be restored again, and not just restored, it can be restored to the point of a brand new factory reset form of computer. It'll be brand new when it's restored. And that, res that, that restoration occurs on the night of power. That restoration occurs on the night of power. Laylatul Qadr. The Prophet said in a hadith so beautifully, مَنْ قَامَ لَيْلَةَ الْقَدْرِ One who stands in the night of power, stays up, does worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the night of power. إِيمَانًا In good faith. وَاحْتِسَابًا An expectation and hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ That person's entire lifetime worth of sin is forgiven. They're able to hit that hard reset button. They're able to restore their soul. When everyone else would have given up on them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't given up. When a cell phone would have been thrown away, a car would have been thrown away, a building would have been demolished because it was damaged beyond repair. A person can damage their soul to such an extent that anyone else would have said, this is hopeless, there's no chance. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, no. For my servant, there's always a chance. For my servant, there's always a chance. And that chance is on Laylatul Qadr. That a person that stands and worships Allah, or at least has this attitude that there is hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, then all of their past sins are forgiven. And it's as if they hadn't even, did no damage had occurred. It would look like a brand new vehicle coming out of a dealership. It looked like a brand new iPhone 6 coming out of the store. 
It would look like a brand new pair of clothes straight from the mall. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's possible on this night. On this night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Laylatul Qadri Khayrun min Alfi Shahr. That the night of power is better than a thousand months, not equivalent to a thousand months. Better than a thousand months, meaning only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the value of this sort of a night. Whether it's this night, inshallah, it's this night, perhaps it was a night before. But at least a thousand months of worship are calculated on this sort of a night. And not only is it the reward that a person receives, but in addition to that, it's the spiritual progress that a person is able to attain. The amount of benefit that a person would get from spending a thousand months in worship, that spiritual benefit can be attained in just one night. In just one night. The reason this night was revealed upon the community was because the Sahaba had, the Prophet ﷺ had spoken to the Sahaba and they had discussed how in the previous communities the people would live for a very long period of time. Nuh ﷺ for instance, it's recorded that he had lived for greater than 900 years. So the previous Ummah, the people used to live for several hundred years, it was the norm. And so the opportunity for this Ummah to be able to achieve the reward of a thousand years of existence, or 1500 years, or 800 years of existence, wouldn't be possible. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His mercy for us, out of His mercy for the Ummah of the Prophet out of His love, specifically for this, for this Ummah in particular, he wanted us to be able to have the same reward that those previous ummahs were able to have. But with just a fraction of the workload. Just a fraction of the workload. A person can just spend one night worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're able to achieve 83 plus years of progress. It's like telling someone that look, you have an exam tomorrow, study for one night. Just study for one night and we'll give you your four year degree. Your diploma will be in your hand, your bachelor's degree of science. Just one night, study for one night and you'll get four years, your diploma will be in your hand. Who wouldn't jump on that? Who wouldn't jump on that? This isn't four years worth of worship. This is 83, some, uh, 83 years and some months or greater than that worth of worship, worth of progress. Who wouldn't take advantage of this sort of an opportunity? If that opportunity existed for a diploma in this world, we would certainly take advantage of it. This opportunity exists for a ticket to Jannah. Of course we would take advantage of it. Now, because this night is so powerful, it was the deep desire of the Prophet Wasallam that this night, that the exact night be revealed upon the community, what night it would be. Because if you know from hadith and from through lectures and speeches from the member, the night of power isn't clear cut. We don't know when it is, Laylatul Qadr. Hadith say that it will occur most likely in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And amongst those last 10 nights of Ramadan, most likely it is going to be on, it would be one of the odd nights. And amongst the odd nights, the ulama say that perhaps the 27th night, and some say the 25th night, is where it is most likely for it to, when it is most likely for it to occur. But the reality is we don't know, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But the Prophet loved us so much, he just wanted for us to know exactly when it was, so that we could focus on that night and put all our effort, put all our marbles in that one basket. That was his desire. So the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted to know for sure when it was so that he could tell his community, this is exactly when it is, get ready. This day is coming, this night is coming, be prepared. 
So he made so much dua and he made dua and he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the exact night of Laylatul Qadr. The exact night of Laylatul Qadr. And of course, that dua was answered. That dua was answered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed upon the Prophet exactly what night Laylatul Qadr would be. Imagine knowing that this absolutely is the night. It's the 25th night. It'll be this year, July 15th of 2015 or whatever date it might be. This is the night. Focus. The entire year we would spend preparing for that one night because we'd know that that one night of worship would be equivalent to an entire lifetime. 83 years is a lifetime or more. Right? Worth of, worth of ibadah. Worth of progress. Worth of, wor- uh, worth of becoming close to Allah. So that night was then revealed upon the Prophet Wasallam. He was so excited, he was so thrilled. And he didn't waste any time, he rushed toward the companions because he wanted to tell the companions exactly what night it was, so that it would be recorded, so that generations of Muslims across time and across space, all across the world, would then know exactly when they could focus. As he was walking to give that information to the Sahaba, he saw two companions who were arguing. He saw two companions who were arguing. And he said that when he saw those two companions arguing, the knowledge of that night was lifted away from him. Gone. Gone. Because two Muslims were debating and arguing with each other. The knowledge of Laylatul Qadr, which was the dua of the Prophet ﷺ, which was the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that was shared with the Prophet because of his love for us. It was taken away because... Two people were arguing. The ulama say that arguing is one of the quickest ways to take, to repel the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as is evidenced by this hadith. Arguing, quarreling, fighting with one another is one of the quickest ways that the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is removed from a relationship, from a community, from a home, from a country. It repels the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's one of the most distasteful acts to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa so it should be a principle in our life, a lesson that we learn from the ahadith that talk about the merits of Laylatul Qadr. There's another lesson that is there. It's somehow, it's a little bit more subtle, but perhaps equally as important, if not more important. And that is that arguing destroys relationships. Arguing destroys relationships. We should never argue with, with people. We should especially not argue with our parents. We should be so mindful of that relationship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us with our parents. There should never come a day in our life where we raise our voice towards our parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, with regards to the relationship, multiple places, treat them with love, treat them with ihsan, treat them with respect. And لا أف, don't even say a word toward them. Uf, don't even make a sound toward them. And yet we have the nerve to argue and raise our voice and shut the door and, and, and slam the door in their face and run out of the house and make this big scene with our parents, our children. Arguing destroys the relationship with our children. How many people have separated between their kids, father and son, father and daughter, mother and daughter? Because it led, it started off with one heated discussion, and then the volume raised up, and then one tried to one-up one another, and then the other tried to one-up one another, and then they just argued and argued and argued. One person left the home, and that was the end of that. Allah Ta'ala's mercy was sucked out of that home, and now that home is destroyed. 
How many homes are there like this? Where someone says it was that one argument we had, they left and they never came back and spoke to us again. They never came back and spoke to us again. Arguing, fighting, quarreling, it removed, it sucks out the barakah of that house. Spouses arguing with one another. This is like the common theme of the day. Common th if it isn't a physical argument, it's certainly a verbal argument. One raises the voice, and then the other raises the voice, and then it just becomes this heated argument, heated discussion. It was never intended. No one wanted for this to happen. No one had planned that I'm going to go home today, I'm just going to give it to my wife. No one planned that. But shaitan was there. One thing happened that he didn't like. Maybe the food didn't taste good, or maybe, maybe the kids weren't taken care of, whatever it might be. And, and the person comes home, the husband comes home, the wife comes home, and they just start yelling at each other. And then one thing leads to another, and then things are flying across the room. One person leaves and says, that's the end of this, I'm done. I'm never talking to her again. I'm never looking at his face again. Destroys homes. It destroys homes. It sucks out the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A spouse, a husband should never raise his voice to his wife. And a wife should never raise her voice to a husband. Because it sucks out the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's nothing that we need more in our homes today with the way the social structure is than the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our community. Fighting within the community is quite prevalent. Quite prevalent. But if the knowledge of when the night of power is taken away, not because an entire community is quarreling over one issue, because two companions are quarreling over one issue, Imagine if an entire community is fighting with one another over minor issues. Over minor issues. People are going to disagree. People are going to disagree. This is part of human nature. The Sahaba had disagreements as well. But there's a way, there's an etiquette behind disagreeing with one another. And it isn't to leave that to an argument or to a fight or to abandoning one another altogether. It repels the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our communities are so dependent upon the mercy of Allah. If we don't have the mercy of Allah, then we are destroyed as a community. We are destroyed as a community. So we have to be very mindful of this. The expectation that a talk about Laylatul Qadr would be about the merits of it, and certainly it's there. But there's no point in having those discussions if we continue to fight one another. Whether it be within our own homes, whether it be within our communities, whether it be with our extended families, whether it be with our in-laws, whether it be with our neighbors, whether it be with the community around us, whether it be with the non-Muslim community around us. If we can't learn to control our anger, control our temper, have good speech, show, another, show one another a smile, be the one that backs away when things get, are getting heated, then how can we achieve, how can we expect to make progress as a community? This is a basic principle of our deen. And this is what attracts the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That love that occurs between two brothers or two sisters, meaning two Muslim brothers and two Muslim sisters, is so strong. It's so strong that the Prophet said that one group of people, they'll be shaded on the day of judgment, on a day where there is no other shade except the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are two people that come together, they meet one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they part ways. That is such a meritorious act that they, those people will be shaded on the day of judgment, on a day in which there will be no other shade. The sun will be one mile above our head. 
one mile above our head. There'll be no other shade, yet two people who come together for the sake of Allah, they eat together, they have a meal, they say salam, they invite one another to their home, and then they part ways. Those people are shaded on the Day of Judgment. Those people are shaded on the Day of Judgment. The Prophet said, so don't take small deeds lightly. Even this deed of smiling with one another, just looking at each other within the community and giving each other a smile, even if it's someone that you disagree with, just giving them a smile is such a weighty deed in the eyes of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly, don't take it lightly at all. That individual that doesn't thank Allah subhanahu that doesn't thank people, doesn't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person that doesn't thank another person, you get a cup of water, you get a bottle of water, someone gives you something as a gift, someone assists you with something, and if you don't thank that person, it's as if you don't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet highlighting time and time again that it is the unity within the community, the unity within the family, the unity within siblings, the unity within parents and children and in-laws that attract the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you want to remove the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then fight with one another. Fight with one another, you have nothing to do with me. My mercy is gone, my barakah is gone, it's removed. So it's a lesson for all of us. That this is a reminder for all of us. That in addition to our ibadat, which is very important, and which is what we've been doing for 10 nights here, 10 days here in, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we have to rectify our relationships with one another. We have to work on our relationships with one another. It shouldn't be that these sorts of arguments exist within communities, within homes. It's so prevalent today. It's so prevalent today. And we're losing most... And the, the, word, the effect of that is that we're losing the mercy of Allah Ta'ala from our homes. And we are so dependent upon the mercy of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Finally, Aisha Ta'ala Anha about this night. She asked the Prophet that what should be done if this night was, were to occur? What is to be recited? What is to be, what is to be said? So the Prophet ﷺ gave her a dua. And that dua was, he said, recite this dua, Allahumma innaka afoon tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Again, Allahumma innaka afoon tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Which means the Prophet is saying, Aisha ta'ala anha, this is such a special night. That if in anticipation of this night, begin this dua from the 19th, because you don't know when that Laylatul Qadr is going to occur, recite this dua in anticipation of this night. And that dua, because duas are accepted in Laylatul Qadr, that dua is, O oh Allah, you forgive. You forgive. You are forgiving. But more than, but more than you just forgiving, you love to forgive. You don't just forgive because it's your responsibility. Allah has no responsibility. You don't just forgive because we're so dependent on it. Allah Ta'ala, we are dependent on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, but that's not it. Allah Ta'ala loves His believers so much, He loves to forgive them. So, so Ya Allah, forgive me. Overlook my sins. And grant me Jannah without any questioning. This dua can be accepted. We should recite this dua at least once every night for the rest of Ramadan. Definitely tonight we've recited it. So don't just recite it with your tongue. Recite it with the meaning. If you don't know it in Arabic, then recite it in English. Recite it in whichever language you're comfortable with. Oh Allah, you are the most forgiving, or you are forgiving. And not only do you forgive, but you love to forgive. 
to forgive me and overlook my mistakes. This is the night of power, Laylatul Qadr. Its merits are plenty, its lessons we've already heard about. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to benefit from these sorts of nights. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiply the rewards that can be that is gained during this night by over a thousand months. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all of us for our mistakes, all of us for our sins, and grant us a home in Jannah. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah.